This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. This SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors, which have the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is a visit with Eric Kaft as we look ahead to tomorrow's homecoming game for Iowa State against 5-2 Texas Tech. The Cyclones have handled the Red Raiders each of the last two seasons, but this year's Tech team has already won on the road at Oklahoma State and TCU. Should be a good one. We hope you'll enjoy this preview with Eric Kaft. Well, Eric, Iowa State back to work this week uh, against an improving Texas Tech team that really seems to uh, have kind of found a, a, a comfort zone. They're, they're playing well on the road. We'll see how this Iowa State team can come back off in a bye week and hopefully keep that ball rolling. They were on a good roll right there. Oh, Iowa State was on a great roll. I mean, two two terrific wins, top 25 teams, win over West Virginia, one of the one of the better wins that I can remember an Iowa State team having in terms of how dominant they were against a really good opponent. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, the bye week coming in the middle of the season, it seems like all our buys have come like in September. And you're trying to get guys healthy. You, otherwise, you're on the baton death march, and you're just going through one slugfest after another, and, and it's really tough. So. This year, to at least have it in the middle of the season was great. And even though you can't really capitalize as much as you think you might be able to on the, on the momentum that you had going in, I think it's great to get everybody healthy. Uh, you got a lot of tough games ahead, uh, but you can kind of regroup. Uh, I think coaches usually use this to kind of scout themselves, maybe put in a few new wrinkles. And I'm excited to see what maybe some of those wrinkles will be come Saturday. Well, Brock Purdy seems to have taken on everything that's come his way so far. And um, now he's actually got a little experience under his belt. And you kind of go into a game feeling like you, you almost know what you can expect from him. Maybe not fully yet, but much more so than we did a few weeks ago. Well, I hope that's true. You know, that's the assumption right now. I mean, he's played two games, really, uh, and played extremely well. And I thought the fact that he was able to overcome a slow start against West Virginia to play another outstanding game I think speaks a lot to him and his confidence level. Obviously, the coach's confidence level on him. Uh, but, you know, he's still a true freshman. And he's seen a lot, but there's a lot more he has yet to see. And hopefully, he'll be able to continue to take strides. You know, I'm confident that he will, uh, but it's far from a sure thing. I mean, Texas Tech is a really good defensive unit, uh, something that uh, I haven't said for a while, for a few years. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people, myself included, were kind of taken aback a little bit. Uh, preseason, all Big 12 defense, three of them were Texas Tech guys. You think, how could Texas Tech have three guys? Well, you watch them play now, you can kind of see why. They're really talented on that side of the ball. A guy that uh, needed probably a physical break was David Montgomery. He got that, that one-game respite, then came back with a really great game against West Virginia, then gets another week. So he's played one game in the last three weeks. Could he have a huge second half to the season? Could he? Oh, there's no question he could. I, and I think he will, uh, barring you know some some injury, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think Brock Purdy uh, at quarterback is a guy that forces that defense to be honest. They can't just key on David in the running game. Uh, the offensive line, another reason they're taking strides, and I have to th would have to assume that this off week, this bye week, I shouldn't call it an off week. Uh, that line has become more cohesive, but they've really been playing good football. Uh, and three, man, David is really a good player. <laughs> I mean, he is good. He's good at everything. Uh, he can make you miss. He can run over you. And I think when he had the shoulder, the arm problem, 
he still could make you miss, but he wasn't as apt to try to run over you. And I think right now he's back in full, full beast mode. Uh, David Montgomery uh, is one of the very best backs in the country. And I think, you know, I would say he's had a good year up until uh, the last game against West Virginia. But I think that game really showed that he's back and, and is one of the very best in the country. Another Cincinnati guy playing great is Deshante Jones. And Man, he's back to what we had hoped coming off that great freshman year. He's he look he's looked great. You know, and Deshante's a guy too that he, he's had company at that position. And I think last year, I mean, yeah, his year wasn't as great for him, uh, but it was because uh, you know Trevor played so well. I mean, he had a terrific year, 50 plus catches. Uh, so. Deshante's minutes were, you know, snaps were just a little bit limited. Uh, now he's got Tariq Milton. Uh, all in all, I think it's great for Deshante's longevity and the fact that they're d slightly different kind of players. But he is really playing great football. Uh, he's a good, he's a good football guy. He can make you miss, and he's shown right now he can make the really tough catch in traffic too, which is a quarterback's best friend. Today's Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to sponsor Iowa Farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Defensively, uh, hard to top West Virginia. So many things went well defensively in that game. But really, this team has been showing that uh, for quite some time now. Um, this is a really good defensive football team that's going to be put to the test this week. Texas Tech does a lot of different things offensively. This defense is amazing to me. Uh, you look at the West Virginia game, and this is against an offense that is really good with pros. I mean, not just you know one guy, a quarterback, maybe a running back, certainly wide receivers that are going to play at the next level. Uh, and this this defense took their will away. I thought you know so much is made uh, of Will Greer struggling, and obviously he did, and you know never threw the ball away, and certainly should have a few times. You know, but as I watched it again a couple of times, I noticed their wide receivers getting frustrated mm -hmm. and they stopped moving. Mm -hmm. And Greer had nowhere to go with the ball. So I think a lot of it was was the fact that that back end coverage was so good uh, that you're able able to get seven sacks and pressure in other situations of safety. Uh, it's amazing, and they've been able to stop the run game too. And I think that's where it has to start. And I think this week, which a lot of times, I mean, coaches always say, even when they play the Texas Tech teams of old, you got to stop the run first. Right. Well, and sometimes they wouldn't run it to about the 15th, 16th play. So it was actually less important. Now it's very important because this team really wants to run the football. They can run the football. Uh, but Iowa State has been good against teams that like to run. West Virginia likes to run the ball. Oklahoma State likes to run the ball. They both really struggled mildly. That's going to be key Saturday, I think, for Iowa State to be able to stop that run game and get them in predictable situations. One of the best tests of the year for that Iowa State defensive line. We've talked a lot about how talented they are, um, but Texas Tech with all five starters returning on their offensive line, they've found a decent balance between running the ball and protecting their quarterback. And this will be fun to see how uh, Iowa State's strength matches up with their strength. And I think it's, it's the best line Iowa State will have faced except maybe for Oklahoma's. So I think the Sooners have a terrific offensive line and by the way I still think they're going to be in a college football playoff. Uh, okay. I, I think there's a, a great opportunity for that to happen uh, but Oklahoma off offensive line notwithstanding the Texas Tech I think is maybe a half step behind them. They're really good. They're good at everything they do and I think that creates a real challenge but they're going against you know a, a series of guys, not just Ray Lima and Jamal Johnson and Eni Uwazirike and Jaquan Bailey, but more guys you can put in there as well who are playing really good football. I mean, 14 different players have sacks for Iowa State. 
I mean, a year ago at this time, did Iowa State even have 14 sacks? You know, Iowa State's got 20 now, and 14 in the, in, in the last two games. Uh, I think Texas Tech's offensive line is going to be uh, is going to be challenged. But even more than that, is Iowa State going to bring pressure from enough places where they have to go max protect? Do they have to keep the running back in? Uh, or if they go empty, is Iowa State going to try to outnumber them? I mean, there's a, a lot of cat and mouse games, and you know, uh, I was I. I really want uh, Texas Tech to be the, the mouse and John Haycock to be the cat here. And I think he's proven that he's pretty, ca he's pretty crafty and catty, if you will, at that. Well, as we look at this last six games of the regular season, um, there's Come a on, John, John, one game at a time. You know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not taking the coach's perspective here, but you know, you kind of hit that halfway point, you get the bye, you've got those final six games. And I think when we looked at the schedule in the summer and you thought, well, boy, that schedule's really front-loaded. There's a danger there of saying, oh, okay, once you get to the second half, it's smooth sailing. I mean, like you just said, there's going to be some real challenges starting with this Saturday. There's a ton of challenges ahead. You know, I, we're going to talk next week, and I'm going to be concerned about going to Kansas. I mean, they're a team that's improved. They need a win. Uh, Texas Tech is playing really good football right now. Uh, just think where Iowa State was a year ago. I mean, they came – at the end, you thought, well, maybe they're not going to be that good after their start. And then, man, all of a sudden, they were really good. Uh, and, and Texas Tech, Kansas, Baylor, I mean, Baylor's an improved team. Just because you're favored doesn't mean you're going to win. I mean, Iowa State's been, been a team that's really been able to prove that over the last couple of years in particular. Uh, you got to be ready. But I think the thing I like about where Iowa State is right now, the fact that Iowa State is garnering uh, uh, some – national attention. I mean, I think that's all well and good, but I think it's, it's well-founded because uh, of the coaching staff and the leaders and the whole team buy-in. Uh, we'll see if that continues uh, from, from the team. I'll be shocked if it doesn't. I think these guys are ready for the next play every time, um, win every day. I mean, that's pretty much been their, their mantra, and they've been, uh, they've been really good at that. They're going to have to continue to keep that singular focus uh, on that next play, and if they do that, I think they're going to be fine. Homecoming game against Texas Tech Saturday at 11 at Mid-American Energy Field at Jack Trice Stadium, and our broadcast on the Cyclone Radio Network will begin at 9 with Brent Bloom, John Quinn, and Ben Bruns. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn why Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are Iowa's clear first choice. Thanks for listening.